Hey friends, welcome back to Pewology. This is our show, Not Safe for Church. Let me give you a quick update on what you're listening to. This is our fourth installment around the issue of sexuality on this series. And if when you start this series, it sounds familiar to you, I encourage you to go back and try episode three. We're learning how this whole thing works and we may have got these turned around. So make sure you hear three and four if four sounds familiar. Also want to let you know that we've recorded a whole bunch of other panels in this series. It just happens to be that the first four are groups of guys and you're hearing that fourth installment today. Up and coming, we'll have a group of high schoolers. We have a group of college students. There's a group of pastors. Uh, We have a group of homosexuals that will be joining the panel who attend uh, the faith community. So all those are upcoming. We're going to drop them all in March. And so after you hear this one today, the rest will be premiering in March. And we wanted to give you a quick preview of what you're going to be hearing in those upcoming episodes before you start episode four today. Hope you enjoy. Ellen is not demon possessed. I'm sorry. That woman is not possessed by it. Or maybe she is. But like now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, kind of makes sense. But I'm kind of of upset about it. We're going to need you to pick a path. (laughs) She's like, maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like. You got my brain turning. My my brain's a scrambled egg right now. True. I think there is a difference because we're talking about conscious and unconscious stuff. So heterosexual or homosexual having uh, nocturnal emissions, <laughs> I think is what scripture calls it. Is, right? I don't think scripture calls it that. But. No? <laughs> Google it. Let's I think see Google, right no, there's some emissions Let's in there. See I, I don't know. He, he said Google it. <laughs> <laughs> a few moments later. Dang it, Nocturnal Emissions is in the is in Deuteronomy. Thank you. <laughs> These Wesleyan pastors are on point. <laughs> you know what? I always have the same demeanor. Yeah. So how would they never realize? And then it, it clicked. Like, that's why mom always wanted to buy me pink dresses. Because <laughs> deep inside, you know, they knew that I was different. Yeah. But because that was wrong in their mentality, you know, they did it, They wanted to guide me. I am not saying that they did it, you know, with bad intentions. Uh, in their mind, that was the right thing to do. But in the meantime, I was the one who suffered the consequences right. wearing the pink dresses. <laughs> it's awful. Sorry. Got it. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, whether a person's gay, lesbian, straight, LGBT, whatever is now, um, you know. I really don't mind because, as I said, like, there's a lot of people I know that's like that. And people are close to me. Um, and then you start getting into, like, changing genders. It's like, that's weird, but if that's what you want to do, that's, you know, that's okay with you. I'm just going to, you do you. <laughs> I, but I kind of draw the line. I kind of draw the line when a person's like, hey, I'm a 40-year-old football yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Forty year old football. People yeah. are like marrying train stations. Now. Oh yeah. <laughs> was it? Wasn't there a girl that married a bridge or something? Yes. Yeah. Oh, stop. Are you good? I mean, shoo shoo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks about like two old people. That's gross. 
What? What? What is going on here? We're, we're this is this is different. What are we? Now doing? we're just choosing the lesser of two evils. Oh wait, that's bad. <laughs> now you definitely have to edit. You are now listening to Not Safe for Church, a Pewology podcast original series. Are we airing this? We are back. Um, and uh, with us uh, this evening is uh, my good buddy uh, Juan, my yep. good buddy Andrew, my good buddy Frank, and my good buddy Mike. There's a couple of mics. Don't let it get confusing. Mm. Um, and we have been talking about the connection between uh, the Bible, the gospel, and sexuality, specifically homosexuality. So we are deep into this thing right now. We are a couple weeks in, and we've talked about some emotional issues. We've talked about some just general understanding. We've talked about like relational issues. And tonight, we'd like to spend a little bit of time just kind of sifting through the biblical issues surrounding um, the subject. So let's start out with this. Um, there are, uh, you know... I don't know, 30,000 plus verses in the New Testament or in the New in the Old Testament. There's a, lot, there's a lot of verses in the Old Testament. There are seven or six, arguably seven, that really address homosexuality directly. Not that there aren't other things in the peripheral that is picked up in the scripture, but there are seven times really that this is picked up on. The interesting side note to this is that it appears, and I'm just guessing, I don't, I'm not saying I'm right, but it, I didn't do the research on this, but it appears as if the homosexual community has picked up on this, right? And they have renamed the seven verses, the clobber verses, because they feel like those verses are beating them up, right? kind of getting beat up by those. So they call them the clobber verses. And so I want to spend a little bit of time kind of, I don't, I don't think we have time to work through all of it tonight, but I think we have time to kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh, so I sent you those in advance so you could kind of have preview those. Um, did anything jump out to you? Like as we're jumping off here, did anything jump out to you about these verses? Nobody speak at once. Seriously, seriously, nobody jump in at once. What do you think? Well, I don't know. Did you know they were called clobber verses? No, no. The clobber thing was interesting. The clobber thing that was that was new to you. That was yeah. Me. Oh, okay. That was was that new to everybody? Yeah, that was. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's like a, that's an old thing too. So you spent okay. too much time on Google, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just let <laughs> you know. I got more time for Google than you, class. Okay. Well, all right. Apparently. I mean, I'll start off. I mean, to me, the one thing that did jump off was exactly that. That you know, you have like about over 20,000 verses or 2,000 verses, something like that, where they're talking about poverty and what you're supposed to do with that and helping one another. But yet you have these seven verses that is the only times that is really, like, addressed in the Bible. So to me, it was kind of like, what brought, what came up to me was kind of like, how really significant is this when it's mentioned, like, so little? Yeah. Uh, you know, in compared to, like, you know, the things that we should be doing as Christians. Okay. All right. What do you think about that? What do you think about the infrequency that this is uh, mentioned in the scripture? Did that stick out to anybody else? 
I think uh, it'd be the opposite for me. Okay. I'd say, even though there are seven, I'd say there's probably not, could you say there's one or two that would support it? What do you mean? Like that would support in, in the involvement of homosexuality, that would support that case that it might be something justifiable. Oh, okay. So like there is seven, but out of the seven, they're unanimous. What I'm saying is that out of the 30,000, is there one that would support the opposite? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay, good question. Yeah, is there, there's no real... Well, okay. I don't know about that. I mean, I think we kind of, um, like, were a couple weeks back. Because really in Romans, um, you know, he talks about that in the first chapter. Yeah. But then you start, like, kind of going further down his letter. You're kind of sitting there like, okay, um, just like in Timothy, they talk about the law, the law, the law, the law. But then, you know, he spends a good, what, two chapters in Romans with, like, probably what three and four talk about how we're free from the law. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting like juxtaposition in in his, you know, writing right you know, for that. I don't know. I mean I don't I don't can't say you know where we are on that, but it was like I mean I kinda of got through the first like four chapters and I'm sitting there like, No, are we are we free from the law or are we not? <laughs> I mean like I mean I mean I know we're not free to, you know, go and you know keep on sinning, but you know, what what laws are we free from? Because we talk about food, for instance. Like, you know, it's like, well, you know, satisfy, satisfy that. You know, all foods are clean. So, you know, what else did he do that, you know, wasn't exactly recorded, like recorded by right. the, um, the disciples, you know, that wrote the gospels. So that is a, I, okay. So let's start, let's, let's start with that. And um, just because you're leading us down that road. So let's start with the idea of, uh, I, I think, I don't, I don't run into a whole lot of people. I guess there is some that I've read um, uh, on the more liberal side and the and the kind of, you know, open to the homosexual. I don't want to use the word agenda, but you know their worldview when it comes to the scripture. Um, but I don't run into a whole lot of people that don't just kind of concede the law point. That don't just kind of go, okay, look. You know, the law says that this is, you know, sin. This is not good. This is uh, the word that gets typically translated in our modern Bibles is, you know, um, what's the word that gets translated? No, no, no. Um, abomination. Abomination. This is an abomination, right? So, okay, so let's start with the law. Okay. Right, and which is basically your two passages in Leviticus. That's that's the term. That's most of what gets contained in the law is the issues on sexuality. So, anybody, I mean, anybody here still struggling to say? Uh, I think he means that it's probably not meant to be. That this isn't good. This isn't. This isn't right. This is a sin. So do I, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, wording that all we, wrong. We, we kind of want to say, like, why, why aren't we promoting the second, you know, Leviticus 20? Then, then if that's the case, then we're not putting people to death. You know what I mean? So, which I, I agree. <laughs> if we get to this weird point, right? And I think that's where I want to go. Is okay. How do we know what of the law is things that we've been that have been set aside, right, by the gospel, and what of the law do we? keep as moral principle right because like in leviticus they have the same laws like you can't eat pork and you yeah. can't like, we we seeds one. 
uh, two seeds in the same field, or, right. you, or you can't wear clothing with two different materials. And and, and the, the funny thing is, is that one actually includes the words um, abomination. That too is an right. abomination. Exactly. What well, every breaking of the law is an abomination. Not <laughs> every. There's. It's weird. There, that phrase is only is set aside for certain parts of the law, but that's one of them, which is weird, right? So it's like we're all here in mixed clothing. We don't think of that as like a sin, right? That's been. We all kind of agree that's been set aside. Yeah, I think. That How do we of, know? How do I we think, know? but that goes back to when, um, when Christ is referencing the you know sowing the old wine pouch. You know what I mean? It was a wine bag. You know, sewing a new material into the old wine bag. I think that's. I think that's the idea that they're trying to promote as a external expression of that, um, because it's if Christ is in you, then the whole thing has to change. You can't just sew in, you know, this new patch into the old material because then it's going to fail. Okay. So I mean, I think that's probably. I mean, at least that's why when I when I read that and I thought about, you know, okay, what is what is Christ referencing? Like, you don't always got to look back because he's always referencing something that's already in the Word. You know, most of the parables, most of the things he's talking about is not something technically new. If you go back and like, oh, man, okay, look at look at what he's saying. I mean, like, this is something clearly from the scripture. He may be saying it in a more practical way, but God has already said this. This is like, he, like he's only doing what his father is saying. So right. I always looked at it like well, particularly that one talking about um, the mixed materials. But well, I mean, but so so. Like, like, answer that specific question. How do we know when to set something aside from the law, and when to and when to keep a principle of the law? Well, <clears throat> I, that, it was always an interesting thing for me when they talked about the laws because I felt for years about that, like you know, what laws do we keep and what laws we don't. Right. Um, but but in the in the Bible, in the well, especially in like Leviticus, there's three different types of laws, right? So there's a moral law, there's a civil law, and a ceremonial law, right? And so. The civil law is what God had gave the like the laws to a particular per- people mm-hmm. to distinguish them from His own, mm-hmm. and also as they're in the wilderness, there's certain things that they have to keep to be healthy. So, like certain foods that they would eat, they didn't know how to cook or clean them properly, so therefore they'd be sick. So obviously that can't apply to us now because first we ain't Jews. Well, at least I don't. I'm not Jewish, and and but it was for that for that particular people. And then we have the ceremonial laws, which is like the, the specific laws that God wanted when it came to sacrifice and sin and all that. Um, and then there's the moral laws, which is the ones that, um, you know, as Leviticus says, like, do not murder, do not, you know, and those are, we can see that more. So those are more timeless in the sense, like, where we can take that in. But the civil law, where which was only specific, that God made the law only for a group of people, obviously that can't apply today. How do we know so, when it's a moral law versus a civil law or a... Well, I would. Well, I think the follow-up would be in Romans one, where where Paul addresses those moral laws in in you know where he lists those things, because that applies now. And obviously, when Christ came, it 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 says the old law became obsolete. So, what's the old law? The old law has to be the civil and the ceremonial laws. But the moral law still applies. Of course. So, is there like guidelines for those moral laws? Well, whoa, 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 whoa. we just went fast. We went really fast there. Like, what just happened? So, you're thinking. So you think that when the law became obsolete, that it was just the law for ceremonial and when just I, the law for well, when I when, civil. I when I mean that is that when Jesus came and died, he became the high priest and the sacrificial lamb. So those ceremonial ceremonial laws are obsolete now. 
because we don't need to sacrifice anymore. Christ is the ultimate sacrifice and the high priest. Right. So he's both. Right. I'm not saying that there is no, we don't need no, like, of course, the moral law is a sin. So, of course, Christ died for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is as far as those ceremonial laws and the civil laws. Yeah. But how, that's what I'm asking. Okay. Like, how do you know when something. Okay. So first question. How do you know when something in the Old Testament is a civil, a moral or a ceremonial law? Because I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the three categories. But all that you've just said, as articulate as it is, is just an interpretation. There's nothing in the Old Testament that says, these are civil laws, these are ceremonial laws, these are moral laws. There's no division. In fact, the things that you're saying are separate are listed together in mostly the same text. Like, there's no... In Leviticus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that when when Paul addresses those in Romans 1, the other other lists, um, that would be what the moral law would be today. Because obviously he's bringing that up now. Right, we're bringing up at that moment. Right, he's bringing up those, those specific lists. Now he's not addressing the Jewish or you know the, the civil laws or the ceremonial laws. He's addressing those those that list in Romans one, right? So like, I think I, can I just yeah, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. I think to me is just anything in the New Testament that's like reestablished in a sense, because whether it's it's Jesus who reestablishes a bunch of laws or it's Paul or Peter, they all mention certain. Um, morality laws, or if you want to call them, I don't know if you want to call it that. But they go into detail. It's not like he says, "Oh, okay, well, I'm here now. It's time to go break all kind of laws." Even even Paul says, "You know, I mean, what, what should we do? Should we sin so grace may abound?" No, you know. So I mean, there's plenty of times when Jesus is specifically giving instruction for his believers. You know what I mean? So yeah, and, and a lot of time is tied up into a lot of the old law. They're kind of like almost in sync in a sense. Yeah, but what do you do mean? I'm not, I'm not sure I'm following. What do you mean? What's like if he up? says something like, you know, you, you shouldn't be killing. Okay. And now he, <laughs> he, he goes to the next level and says, you know, you shouldn't be hating. Right. You know what I mean? So he never said, oh, it's okay now to kill. You know, we've been free from the law, and now he actually stepped it up the notch. So now, I mean, that's to me the how I look at it. I see if Jesus is kind of like reestablishing it or repolishing it in a sense. If right. I see that in the new covenant, then... You know, I should be following it. But don't we have our like our own moral distinctions, for, even for those? For like, take for example, murder. We say thou shalt not kill. There's no but. But there are instances, for example, in uh, self-defense. You murder somebody. Like we find a way to kind of justify that, or when we go to war, yeah. or if you're protecting an innocent. So we do have moral distinction for almost every sin, except for this one. You know what I mean? Let's back up and go even slower. So let's address, so let's think that through, right? So what, so I just want to, I'm trying to pick your brain here for a second. So when you think Jesus is, I think you use the word repolishing, right? Which is, in his, in his, I mean, that's fine. I know it's, it's just a, like a term of phrase. I'm not holding you to that. But I'm saying, what do you think Jesus is actually doing? Like in the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount, do you think he's like saying, hey, the law didn't go far enough? Well, I know where you're getting to. You're saying that he's trying to ex- expose how sinful we actually are and how much in need of a savior we are. Is that I, what you mean? But it sounded like you were implying that somehow he he was saying, follow the law and even do more. Is that what you're saying? It's not about following the law because we all know that we're not saved by following the law. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, it's all by grace and it's all by um, his forgiveness. But 
there is still morality. And even Paul says that the law is not bad. You know, he says it's actually holy and it's good and it's, and it's, and it's righteous. Okay. You know, because it exposes who God is and what he, you know, like we just finished saying, there's things that is abominable to him. But so. we, they did just that, though. Like what we're saying right now, a bunch of guys sat around in Acts mm -hmm. in the early church and did exactly what we're talking about right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like when they were when they yeah, you're said, right. when they wrote to these churches, they were like, you know, okay, so what should we do now? Yeah. You know, don't eat food sacrificed to the idols and mm -hmm. all these kind of things like that. Christ never did that. I mean, I mean, like if we go back, okay, even, go back on. one generation, we're, we're moving to these things so quick. I want to make sure that I we're know. clear here. I'm clear. No, I'll, I'll, let me ask a question. Go ahead. So you bring up this really important kind of exchange that takes place in this Jewish in this Jerusalem council where the apostles are called back in, James is overseeing, and they they literally they come out with like a, hey, we've had a summit, and we've decided on a couple boundaries, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, but so my big question is always when we talk about that, what's the purpose of it? Do you well, think— Well, you said—I mean, we you talked about this like, I don't know, earlier this year, because yeah. you were talking about, you know, they were choosing peace over— you know, conflict essentially, but and, but my problem, if I was the one in the room, I would be Peter, because Peter stood up and basically says, like, look, I understand that you guys want to make this decision, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit had that like, witness to me. Right. But then they chose against that. That's really what they did, because well, I don't think that. But I'm I mean, I, I mean, because I mean, but because that's, I mean, because he's like, look. They, they said that <clears throat> these customs that basically because what, what the Holy Spirit showed them when he showed them the reptiles and all these different things like that, when he showed, had the when he had the dream, all those things were customs of the, the Gentiles, Absolutely. the unbelievers. They were Absolutely. unclean. They were all these things like that. So and God was like, who cares about those customs? I need you to go and preach the word. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. That's that's exactly what they said. So if you're going into your, to these countries and all these different places, they have their customs. Their customs are their customs. That has nothing to do with whether they are, you know, where faith is going to and where the faith in the Holy Spirit is going to be able to enter their hearts and save them. Okay. And but, whether you're so, presenting that so again, message to them in a the, proper way. Are you way. comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with the idea that the Jerusalem Council came up with a number of, like, do's and don'ts, but that the do's and don'ts weren't about – they weren't about following a certain moral code, but they were about keeping the peace between the Gentiles and the Jews. Or do you think that James was sitting there going like, look, Christians, if you eat meat sacrificed to idols, you have sinned. Is that, do you think that's what he was doing? <laughs> okay. I would say no. I, I would, yeah. Mm. I'd have to really think. About, I have to really look and think about that. Like, right. look into it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot for that, but I'm just saying. Okay, so are we just talking about that particular occasion in the next? Well, I, I think what we're trying to get to is because our understanding of how the law and the gospel coexist today, right? Because. Because uh, you said something interesting that I'm not sure I agree with, right? That because you said, well, Jesus came to abolish or to end the law, that the law would cease upon his coming and upon his death, burial, and resurrection. And and Paul does allude to this in 
uh, Galatians and Ephesians, where he, this idea that the law led until Christ, right? And then Christ is led. That's the exact words that are get used. The law led until Christ, right? Um, but you qualified it. You said, well, the ceremonial law and the governmental law, those, but the the moral law continues. Can you be more specific? <laughs> yeah, because I, because I, I, I could probably in my mind, that's I can understand what it may seem like I said. Yeah, but what do you mean when you say? <laughs> what, do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Because, what do you mean? I got to be clear here. <laughs> well, I just I've never. I, number one, the three categories are nice, but we're never listed those three categories. Old or New Testament. Those are just interpretations. That's just somebody's opinion. That's just literally somebody going, well, this law could be classified as this, this law could be classified as this, you know, but there's no explanation of that. That's just our opinion, right, of what those were. And and trust me when I say that no one, I guarantee you no one under the law in the Old Testament thought there were three categories of lesser laws, right? They were just the law, right? right? And they were all, I mean, that's what, what I'm trying to say to you is the law he brings up, the issue of the mixed clothing. It uses the same word. You are an abomination to God. It is the same word. So like, I don't know how we divide those, separate those out. When there were laws about like women being in church and, you know, cutting their hair and and, and things like that, like things that that have changed in today's society, you know? You bring up a really interesting point. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think, um, God, I can't remember the stupid book now. But I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you just get washed over by all these um, these writers. But um, they talk about binding and loosing. I mean, it's kind of those things like we don't we don't uh, we don't greet each other. I didn't walk in the room this, like today when I saw Juan and and Mike and like, hey, there was no hug. You know, there was no hug and kiss going on. You know what I mean? So that. I mean, obviously, we're. I mean, are we sitting then? I mean, and stuff like that. So I don't. I don't necessarily understand that. I mean, um, I mean, I really just got really caught up with. I mean, I've read Romans. I can't. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, but I really got caught up like after the discussion we had last time I was here with what he was saying. Because I mean, like it's like, you know, this happened. This is part of what happened because you know, we made ourselves God. And then, you know, he turns us over to the desires of our, you know, our own intellect and, you know, our, you know, our own great minds. And then, you know, Christ came to free us from ourselves, essentially. Um, so what do we do with that? It's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think that's the reason why, you know, the law is fulfilled. When he says the law is fulfilled, because then, you know, I give you these two commandments. If you keep these things, then the law is fulfilled. So if I'm not if I'm not doing anything to separate myself from my brothers and my sisters, and in the same time honor God, I don't mean Okay, so let's Okay, so let's go back to like a foundational issue that I think is important for this discussion within Christianity and within our personal faiths, right? So what is our, our are we required to follow the law as Christians? Like, like, like what, is, what is our requirement to the law, right? If the law is led until Christ, if Paul says we've been freed from the law, right, and shouldn't be subject again to a yoke of slavery, 
right? I, so I, I personally do not <laughs> go into the Old Testament looking for laws that I think I should be following. I just don't do that. Yeah. I just follow what the New Covenant follows, what, what it will ask us to follow. Okay. You know what I mean? So you would follow everything in the New Covenant? I try to. You know, I'm, I'm not a perfect person, but, you know, if I feel that Christ is communicating that to his disciples or Paul is communicating that to the church, you know, if he's saying things like flee from fornication or, you know, do not commit adultery, you know, if, if, he, if he's putting stuff out there like that that, you know, are revealing that God is not pleased with, then I'm going to try my best not to, you know, fall into those kind of good. So you kind of look at the New Covenant as just... Like a new law? Yeah, like a new law. I'm fine with that. You want to call it that? That's cool. No, Jesus calls it that. <laughs> he just doesn't call those things a law. He calls, oh, okay. he calls love your neighbor as, the, as yourself. As yourself. The, the, the law. Okay, that's the law. <laughs> and everything branches out from that. Yeah. Everything hands from there, the yeah. prophets and, I have, and I have, the law. I yeah. mean, I have a question. Now. It might be a little bit weird. But are, are we comparing, like, can we say to a certainty that what they saw as like abomination and things like that because while I was reading the six chapters that you said, right? So like Sodom and Gomorrah, they were trying to like kind of like, you know, gang rape this the the angels, right? And then when you go to like Leviticus, do you have like slip that in there? <laughs> no, seriously. And that's what it was. Let them out, you know, whatever. That's what they were Because they were so beautiful. You know, that's uh, what it says. Lot, <laughs> if I understand it correctly and I might be wrong, like when when Paul is writing to the Roman church, uh to to um to Corinthians, right? He's talking about all the sexual immorality that they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, and when when he's talking about like homosexuality, and I could be wrong, but I think you said this on the first on the first one, Andrew, that it was older men taking advantage of younger men, and it was also like people that had slaves taking advantage of their slaves. I don't think anybody back then was like out in the open saying, "Hey, I'm homosexual, and this person's homosexual, and we want to be together and has to be married." Well, to to respond to what you're saying, that that is definitely um, part of the thinking within the homosexual Christian community. Okay, that their 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 basic understanding of that text is to say, this is not apples to apples, right? Okay. That if you put it in its context, if it's historical historical context, it's not addressing monogamous equal. Uh, homosexual relationships like, stressing all wasn't this. like the word homosexual added into the English part of the Bible like in 1946 something like that yes but I, I I don't know if we want to get into the weeds down to the language and the verbiage except to say that I think the translators have done a decent job here and yeah, I don't think I don't every, think they've tried every, to like deceive anybody in the right. translation no 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 absolutely you know what I'm saying I just don't think that they meant that I th- I think that that is in part What's going on there? Okay. I mean, it, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously, it does mean same-sex relationships. Now, I think you know, could the debate be, hey, was this more about the, you know, the abuse, the the you know the the you know the discrimination between uh, the, uh, the the rich class and the slave class and the you know older to younger right. and then all this? I mean, look, I I'm I'm happy to go down that road and bounce that around a little bit, but. I'm not sure that fixes the problem. I'm not sure that addresses. I'm not. I, I'm, I think we leave here going, eh. We don't really know because we weren't there. We don't. Yeah. We don't no, know no, what it shows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's kind of where we are. I mean, period. I mean, isn't that? I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, we only have what what was recorded. Right. Right. You know, I'm quite sure there were plenty of lessons over breakfast that they weren't recorded. They weren't recorded by the disciples, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, 
my question then, if if the most important things there are, are left, and the most important thing of those are love your neighbor as yourself, Correct. you know, and love God with all your you know mind, heart, heart, mind, and body, then is the question should be should the question be is this thing I'm doing like you know loving my neighbor or am I you know my committing creating some kind of separation between us for some you know un, unjust reason you know, I'm not saying that like every relationship is going to be fruitful and that you should be in some relationships are poison and some of them you have to you have to step away from but is my relationship with Juan whatever I'm doing with Juan is that going to be okay? If that, what am I doing with Frankie? Is that going to be okay? If I'm doing with Mike, you know, all the mics in the building. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. are they, I, mean, all, I mean, is that really the question that we should be asking then? You know, is, is this thing going to separate us relationally? Because all the things that we talked, they talked about, you know, adultery and fornication and orgies and all kinds of that. And at a, at a real base level is a relationship, relational problem. You sleeping with a man's wife. That's gonna be a relational issue. Like that's, I mean, that, he's not gonna take kindly to you sleeping with his wife, or right. you know, what I mean, or you, you know, a societal thing. You know, what I mean, where you have all these people unwed, you know, relationships and sexualities, and there's no commitment like to honor God in that situation. So that's, I mean, that's kind of where where that's why I read those things, like especially when he's re- like writing those to all these people in all these different churches and cities. You know, there has to be there. There's an underlying relational problem with what they're doing. Now, like, like, is that sexual immorality? Is that a relational problem between the churches? How they feel about each other? You know, what was going on? Then it's kind of what I talked about it the first time we talked about this. What was going on with the the church in itself? Because now you have these Jewish people that don't know anything about homosexuality for thousands of years. You know what I mean? Because they've literally, that's the law has been beating it out of them. Right. And if they were going to be feeling that way, it tell them to put them to death. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they didn't last too long. <laughs> so because you were find out, you found out. You was done. Yeah, you were done. Let their blood run. You're right. Kind of situation. So, right. you know, then now they're in a, in a church hearing the same word next to a person that, you know, that's a, there's an abomination to them. Right. So is that another piece over, you know, over the, the message kind of situation that the the council, the summit came up with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we tend to personalize things, right? So uh, as to what's good and what's bad and, and, and what's just and what's unjust. So, you know, you ever thought about, nobody thinks about like two old people having sex. That's gross. You know, well, I mean? now we are. Shouldn't be I thinking plan. about that. Right. So, I plan to get it in, or like your parents. I right? plan to die in it. Oh, <laughs> why are you thinking about that? But what I'm trying to say is this, right? So, to me, I'm a man, and I, I'm attracted to women, right? And to me, thinking about being with another man is just like, Ugh. it's never going to happen, right? But they are like, so to tell somebody that that's a man and is attracted to the same sex that looks at being with a woman the same way that I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a personal thing. It's like, but we automatically make it like, oh, that's the way that I feel about it. So it's wrong. But when you think about it in the broader aspect, like, yeah, old people, ugh, you know what I mean? We're personalizing it a little bit. I think. I think though, but we also forget, like, I feel like it's like a repeat of a record. Like, what was sex? What was sex designed for? And who authorized it? And so it doesn't really matter of whether there's love or not. What was sex originally designed? 
And so, I mean, what, what do you think it was designed for? For people, sex was designed under the umbrella of marriage. Okay, right. And under, I agree and, with that one hundred percent. Anything and, else about marriage is is and underneath right. the umbrella of marriage is male and female of what God originally designed marriage for. I agree. Agree. One hundred percent. So, and, so we would say that anything again outside of those lines, despite despite of that. I mean, isn't that what makes it a sexual sin? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- things that go outside the design of sex. Yeah. So even if we have homosexual couples who are in relationship, regardless, they're again, isn't it inevitable they're going to have sex? <laughs> some type. I mean, it's yeah, on some level. So I mean, unless they as well make them homosexual. Well, well, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, is there an in betweens? Like, well, it maybe maybe it might be justified if they're not married or not having sex, so they're in the middle. Whatever that looks like. I mean, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? But outside, it's, it's inevitable people are going to follow either one of those two things. So we, we're kind of going back. It's, I don't know. I mean, because then, you know, you got the Songs of Solomon. There's plenty of things in there that aren't, you know, was it that procreation related, you know? So, yeah, I mean, but, it's like, it's but, like, so, uh, but, but, okay, so, I mean, okay, I understand hold on, under, hold on, hold on. The, under the guise of marriage, <laughs> yes, I understand what you're saying. But let's back up. And I just want to okay. be fair. Let's examine okay. it. I just want to be fair. So, but, God gave all the law. What do so, you mean? What do you mean? I don't... All the law is given by God. Okay. Right? And it's all f- flows from him, right? Right. So this stuff about the clothes we wear, how did we decide this is okay, that this was from God too, and an abomination, mm-hmm. and this one is not? We got to keep this one. We got to lose this one. I already said it. I already said my piece with that. <laughs> it's so, in the new covenant. Whatever so you just in the said, new covenant. like the new covenant. So, so basically, your answer to this is the new covenant interprets the old covenant. You can put it that way. That's you comfortable fine. with that? I'm a new covenant believer, so I'm following the new covenant, right. and everything that's written in there. That's our foundation. Is in the is the the New Testament. You know, it's not about our understanding and what we can figure out. It's this is God breathed. All of the New Testament is God breathed. You know what I'm saying? So that's for us. For us to be disciples, you know, to be followers. That's that's our, and then we have the Holy Spirit who helps us in this journey, you know. So if it's in the new covenant, set aside the idea of concept of law. But if it's in the new covenant, you're trying to let the new covenant interpret the old covenant and follow. Well, I don't the think teachings the new, of the new covenant. I don't think the New Testament necessarily always is trying to like interpret the old covenant. I think the new covenant is just for the new covenant believers, for Christians. That's what it's for. Sometimes you can't find that in the Old Testament, in the stuff that's in the New Testament. You know? What do you mean? Like, give me an example. I'm not sure I'm following what your line of thought Even is. what Jesus said. Jesus Jesus said that, like we just finished talking about, that um, even if you look upon a woman, you're committing adultery. That's not in the but Old that, Testament. I, but I would say that's him interpreting the Old Like he's saying... I, he's, you he's, think he's, this? He's getting down to what really matters. It's not just right. trying to figure out how do you can dice up the the, the Old Testament law to find loopholes to, okay. to do what you want to do. Okay. But he's like, it's the condition of your heart. Okay. You know, it's 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 what's inside. Okay. You know, and I think when um there's so much time spent in new in in, in the New Testament when Paul is writing, uh, to me the one that really sticks out is the one in First Corinthians. You know, you look at chapter five and you look at chapter six, and there's so much great detail about that our body belongs to God. It's not just about relation, which is important, you know, like, you know, how, how that affects our relationships, but how are we affecting what we're doing to, to, you know, how does it affect God? Does it please him? 
Does it make him happy? You know? Are we following his ways or we just want to do what we want to do and figure out a way to do what we want to do? You know, to me, that's what it comes down to. I want to honor my God because I'm a follower of God, not my own desires, not my fleshly desires. So if New Covenant believers are being taught that this is not the way to live, then that includes me. That's the way I feel about it. So I kind of like your train of thought. So it's like, okay, the the New Covenant is... Supplement, not okay. Is is supplanting the old covenant? The old is now gone. The new continues, and you're saying if it is in the new, if there's direction to new covenant believers, I follow it. But help me understand the difference between you following it and you and it not being a new law, like a new law. Because think of think about what Andrew's putting together. He's putting the pieces together, and he's going well. If the new law is love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. and we've done away with the old law, mm-hmm. and so now to be in a relationship that's same sex, how how does that break love your neighbor as yourself if that's the law? Well, it's not just, just yeah, it's not just love your neighbor as yourself. It's also love God above all things, not just love your neighbor as yourself. So what we have to try to figure out is, is this something that God is pleased with? You know, and I think he's revealed that through his New Testament, the scriptures, which the Holy Spirit has pulled men to speak. Okay. You know, so, so it's been revealed already. It's weird, though, because we kind of almost go back into that thing where it's almost like you're like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but we've got to please God. Mm-hmm. And in, in pleasing God, we go back to the law. Like a law, I, that can't be. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just. I mean, it, how else would you know what not to do? You're going to follow your own moral um, it's understanding. Not about, it's not your about own my culture? own moral standards. It's about. So, if I'm doing what Christ, if I see what I see Christ doing, you know what I'm saying? Am I, you know, filling that other person, you know, that's with that I'm with? You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the, the question that's going on, because back to what I was saying about about Peter, that, and that's always his problem. He was like, you know, you know. So the Holy Spirit, like, so he was one of the first people, like, in that, in the, you know, in the upper room, in that whole situation, you know, and the day of Pentecost and all those kind of things like that. Like the whole, he had the Holy Spirit. There's there's a big description about that in the Bible, and then when he's having that discussion in Acts about what's going on, he's like. Even after that, he's like, I don't know if I really want to go over here and eat, you know, iguana with <laughs> with uh with the what's you know, wrong with the iguanas with you, man? I mean, about, uh, <laughs> or a snake or whatever. I mean, whatever is going to be this is unclean meat, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, hey, who who are you to like to decide that? I need you to go and pour into these people. You know, what I mean that. They can't save themselves. That Juan can't save himself. That I That's can't sure. save myself. That you know Mike and Frankie can't save themselves. That they are in need of a savior. Yes. You mean? So that's the question. Like what? what so they are in need of a savior. Their sins. They they can't do anything. Everything they do is rubbish and the filthy rags and unclean and all these different things. And they're in need of Christ. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? So that's the message well, the, that, yeah, that, the they're, that they're bringing. To me, it's like the story never ends there, though. It's not like... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it never ends there. So then we move on to sanctification. Right, right. So then right. we start talking about the discussion of sanctification. And that's the problem where I think that um, we get into the problem. Like, that, that issue we get into is that area of sanctification because then, okay, Christ has saved us. So what do we do now? I mean, and that's, and that's we, what do, we did. Do we just go and sin? <laughs> so we have a summit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decide that, you know, there's peace over... You know, the, like over the message to for these people to live in harmony with each other. So it's more important for us to live in harmony with each other, so that we can show the world how that we should live together. You know, without con- like it's not saying that there's not going to be conflicts, but we should forgive each other. Because even you know, Paul addresses you know conflicts on the church. People are per- having personal conflicts. Mm-hmm. You need to forgive that person because Christ forgave you. And don't go suing them. And all that stuff. Man, he, no, he really said yeah, that. He said, yeah. you know I mean, don't go like no, don't, don't sue go to, him. Yeah, don't go to law. don't go to court because you guys you sued or something. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's something a little <laughs> personal. Like, it was not. Nah. Like, nah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was. I mean, that's that was one true. of the things. I mean, like the, because that was something that the world would have done, but the other these two should have gave each other. They should have made that the, whatever happened right. You know what I mean? That they should have. You know, as they both should ask for forgiveness for whatever part they played in. The you know the situation. It wasn't, I mean, they don't go into great detail in describing the situation. Paul doesn't, but you know, there was obviously something enough that he had to write. <laughs> you know, that had been going on long enough for him to write letters back and forth that probably took months to get. You know, from one place to the next. So, you know, that's the kind of things that I thought that I thought that Christ was telling us to focus on, because yeah. literally that's what he's doing. He's going from, you know, he's footing around the Sea of Galilee. You know, and saying, hey, you people can't save yourself. And if it's something that's going to interfere with that, then is it really is it really something that the church should really get involved in? Is the question I, I always ask. Like, if it's something that if it's going to interfere with whether that like it's going to stop that person from coming to Christ, then, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we can really put too much on that. I don't know how else we going to we can really handle that. I mean, it's a mystery to me. What do you think? What do you think, Frank? Well, I think Jesus is, I mean, are you, are you, are you saying in the sense like, because Jesus doesn't mention these things that it might, there be, maybe it just, it's not as important. Is that what you're referring to? I'm just, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts on what. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, cause you know, we had like, I was on one of these use the food thing. Cause it's just, it's just like, you know, it's easier for to talk about it. It's mentioned a lot in the, the, um, the old and new Testament. So, you know, when he says, you know, was it Mark? Was it Mark Luke? Let me pull it up. When he says that, because I wrote it too long. I got. I, got, <laughs> I mean, because because he says, I mean, we we he fulfills the law, and then he says that, that at that point all foods are clean. Yeah, that's Acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chapter twelve. So. Once he fulfills the law, Ten, sorry, yeah, Ten, that's Cornelius. Once, <laughs> but once the law is fulfilled to that for that point, my thing was that. So, what other things did he fulfill that didn't? That he was like, no, nope, that's done. We're moving on. You know what okay, I mean? so basically, your your thought is obviously he does that with all the dietary issues of the of the law. You're you're basically saying what if Mark he did 7, it? What if he did it with other sections of the law? We just don't. No, because the general understanding of the New Testament is 
the law led until Christ, that the whole law has been supplanted by the gospel and the grace of Christ. That's basically your contention. Yes. Okay. Interesting thought. Okay. What do you think about that? Like, like, do you hear what he's saying? I do. Um, well, I, I, I'm kind of dabbling back until we're talking about like how the laws we would keep separate or what we would keep yeah. today. Um, and so like I was trying to refer to like Romans one. So where, where Paul um, addresses that whole list. Right. And so that would obviously be the sum, the sum up of what the, of what morality is. Right. So when it says like, you should not be, I'm not, not going to read the whole thing, but just like uh, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling. Um, we would think that if, if those were, if there were more serious issues, could we say that maybe Paul would probably bring up like clothing and fabric or dietary laws. Um, but obviously he later on in Romans, I think it's Romans where he established the dietary laws. We're saying like as the Jews and, and uh, the Gentiles gather in a table where they say, you know, eat as long as it doesn't cause your brother to fall and sin and mm-hmm. drink wine. You no, know, don't let nobody judge you on that. Yeah. And so, so he kind of addresses those issues with the church. But when we see in, in this with the list that he gives us, um, obviously those are, have to be, there's been importance to that because why would he mention those lists of specific things? Um, obviously, that would have to be the moral, the moral things. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Frankie with that. The part that I that I'm having a problem understanding and, and and navigating to is that. So, like for murder, we have different levels. You know, there's a different you know, difference between lust and going through with the lust and committing, you know, adultery. There's, we have different levels for almost everything, mm-hmm. right? So how come when it comes to this particular part of it, we don't have a difference between, like I said, um, you know, somebody coming in and being like, you know, like uh, raping a young man or uh, or a slave and two consensual uh, humans that want to be with each other. That's the that's the the, the the part that I'm navigating to that I can't. Let me give you something else that's super interesting. Um, just as a side note, I'm going to pick on you. Yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know the big the big, you know the big verse about the homosexual stuff in Romans that you bring up comes in like 26 and 27. Uh, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for uh, other men. Right? It, Paul, this is an interesting little phrase because this 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 term "natural" Paul only uses one time in the book of he, he uses this that word one time in the book of Corinthians. Do you know what it's about? You're referring to the natural part. Yeah. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Long hair. Yeah. He says you can't have it. It's unnatural. Yeah. He calls it unnatural. Yeah. You are unnatural. I'm good. I, you're out. You're ridiculous to actually look upon this hour. No, but but in the Jewish law, I mean well the Jewish culture, right? Long hair right. was known to be seriously past your shoulders. So past your shoulders would not would be considered long. So there's a part in the that could say, there's a part in the Bible where it speaks about women, okay. or if you I, don't, I forgot how to, how it goes, but if like if a man looks like a woman in the sense of his the hair yeah. length, right? And so anything past your shoulders mostly would be considered long. Okay, right? but anything that was like above would was it wouldn't be considered long. So 
You just figure you're fitting in the the, the rule. He keeps it right above. <laughs> no. Are you no. keeping it right over the shoulder on purpose? No, of course not. No, no, of course not. No, but I but I know that verse because I've heard that verse before, and I said right. oh, that was interesting. And but you know, but I mean that was like years ago that I looked that up. But it was just like in the, that's how I found, came upon that was what the culture was back then of the Jewish culture was that. Right. I know, but the, the, like Paul writes to the church, and he says he uses the same word. That literally, the, the, it's one of the only. It's the only time it's ever used mm-hmm. in Corinthians. He says. He says, you know, this is unnatural, this relationship between men and men he's talking about in R- Romans. Then he says, you know what else is unnatural? It's long hair these guys have. He's literally like that. Do you think unnatural. that was in, in, in relation to homosexuality? Like no, having, I think he's uh, just, uh, he's uh, just uh, no, I think he literally just, I'll, I'll just read it to you. Just, it's interesting what he says. He says, do not, uh, do not the very nature of these things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him. Is that it? No, no, I can go on. But if the woman has long hair, it is to her glory. For the long hair is given to her for as a covering. If anyone wants to be uh, contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor does the churches of God. So at that point, he's saying he's basically saying that if this is a, a issue between y'all, let's just fix it up. But there's no really like true commandment about it. Is that what he's saying? No, he's saying it's it's unnatural. Yeah, but he's also saying that. There's no really no commandment. That's what he's saying. He's, he's telling them that if you have long hair, you look like a woman, it's a problem. But after that, he's basically saying if you guys feel contentious about this, what does he say? There is no there is no law. There, what, no, he doesn't say that. He There's just no says uh, if anyone if anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice. Nor do the churches of God. I, I, all I'm doing is making the connection that. The very thing that he says is wrong with homosexuality and, and or well, there's a lot to be debated about Romans one, but homosexuality, men, men, men and men relationships, right? Is that it's unnatural, and then he uses the same exact word for men with long hair, Frank. No, but again, I mean, I'm not even defending. It's so funny. I'm planning on cutting my hair, and now you're gonna think I did. <laughs> yes, I'm not cutting my hair, and now you're gonna, gonna out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna think like <laughs> you got to grow that long. But again, it goes back to what was considered to be long in that culture. Okay, so it could. Yeah, you could be absolutely right. But hair, that like if I'm. But, but do you think that? And this goes back to Mike's point. I'm trying to bring this all back around. But do you think that? This is what it comes down to, that the new covenant is really like, well, believe in Jesus, take communion, and live in grace, but hair and like certain dietary habits and, you know, sexual habits and all these things, these things still matter. And these things are still important. Like, uh, no, I would say no. Like, you're, yeah, okay, I, I guess see what you're saying. I, I'm just saying that, I don't know where we divide these things, how we decide what laws were descriptive of the people laws that can be done away with, like shellfish, and what is like or clothe or, or clothing or fields with two crops, and what do we keep, right? I Everything I've ever heard on that, I always go, that's a nice thought. I don't see any anything that defines this in the new testament i see jesus being much more emphatic like kind of what andrew's saying like law led until christ law is over christ and the gospel is the answer well my whole thing about romans one everything leads up 
for me to Romans like three nineteen. Okay. Well, actually, like actually around a little bit before then, but because he talked about how you know no one's righteous and you know all those kind of things like that. But then he's like, now we know that whatever the law says is <clears throat> it says to those who are under the law. Okay. So that every mouth may be silent and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in the, in the sight of, in God's sight by the works of the law, rather through the works that sorry, rather through the law, um, we became conscious, conscious, conscious of our sin. And then he starts talking about, but now that we're part of the law, the righteous law of God, because we've been saved by faith. It that's where like I'm, I I kind of fell off the, the wagon like you know, that was a wagon in the sense like what was going on because you know he's talking about clearly saying that look we're all with the only like these things are under law <laughs> that's that's great that's gonna if you think that if you're gonna you're gonna buy it by the law then you're gonna, you're gonna get through by your works then it's not gonna happen right and then but we're like you know like you were talking about on Sunday a little bit you know we got the, the hall of you know the hall of faith kind of situation and if it's not by faith then kind of what does it really matter i mean that's kind of i mean i mean that's where like i mean you'll i mean he continues on to like they're in romans 3 into romans 4 you know down the same line and it's like i mean not saying that you know homosexual homosexuality would ever be um an acceptable practice to god but as a, as a church body should that be our concern? You know what I mean? We could, I mean, like, cause seriously, we concern ourselves about a lot of things. I mean, like that have nothing to do with, you know, letting, letting the world know that there is salvation and there is somebody to save them. You know what I mean? We spend a lot of time on like all kinds of church interactions from abortion to all kinds of things you know, a lot of money and things like that and not pouring into that person that, Hey, look, you know, there's a savior for you. There's a, somebody to save you from the sins that even though the ones that you may not be able to, is you may not, you know, be able to control anymore. So let me throw a giant monkey wrench in the whole thing. I'm all for the law. No more Sundays. (laughs) No, I was so close. So let me throw a giant monkey wrench in the whole thing and twist it around real quick before we, as we kind of draw towards the end of this thing. All right. So set aside all the quote unquote clobber verses for a second. Cause I, I honestly think, I honestly think that good, decent scholarship on both sides can basically end up in a stalemate on, on some of this. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what has been super compelling to me for the conservative side that I've never been able to kind of reconcile in my mind uh, that, you know, work around it in any way is that it, it, and maybe I think Frank brought it up, but I'd like to see if I can articulate it slightly better, but maybe not. It's not the easiest thing. So God creates the concept of intimate human relationship. And that in that intimate human relationship, there really is a couple, there's a couple of purposes to it, right? There's the pleasure component, there is the intimacy component, 
And then there is the appropriation component. Like all these three things exist inside of that designed relationship that he's created. I don't think anybody, like, there's not a whole lot of debate on that. Like, we kind of get that. Like, okay, male, female, the parts go together, Mm -hmm. babies come, you know, there can be real intimacy and closeness. God's created this. He calls it his, like, it's like this concept of his gift to us, right? There's a number of places in the Old and New Testament that allude to that we were we were created in His image, and that when we are together in unity and in fidelity, that we reflect His image most clearly, right? And then the whole thing ends that way. This is what always really have, has bugged me, right? Is that the New Testament closes Jesus's concept of what is coming. He articulates it in the phraseology of a wedding and a man and a woman coming together, right? Christ and the bride and this whole imagery and what, and and Paul has this like moment, this weird moment in Ephesians where he's like explaining this whole thing. He's like, yeah, you know, male and man and woman and the commitment. And that's like the church, you know, and he goes in this whole thing and describes what, and then you know, Jesus picks up on that same concept at the end of the Gospels when he's saying, you know, that's what it's going to be like in the consummation of all things. And so it starts, he starts in the garden creating this relationship, and he ends in the restored garden with that imagery of that relationship. It just feels to me that there was never a point where God was like, okay, y'all screwed this up, but it doesn't matter anymore. Right. He's like, this is screwed up, but we're going, this is where we're going. Cause this is the way I've made it. This is the way I've created it to be. And it's going to always revert back to this, the differences, the male, female differences, you know, I don't know. How do you say that? Like, but like redeemed. Well, you don't realize that we're all the woman in that story, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we're all the bridegroom in that story. I mean, okay. I mean, that's, I, that's, a, that's a bad. That's a bad. Well, uh, literally, I thought I had it. Oh, that was really good. I had it there for a second. Because, because, like, literally, we're always the bridegroom. Christ is always the bride. God Wait, is for overseeing. No, 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 Christ is the groom. The groom. Reverse. Sorry, sorry. We're the bridegroom. Christ is always the groom. Right. And then God's overseeing this wedding. Well, you know I, d- I don't mean to say that somehow that I, I, my only point is to say he starts in the garden uh, lifting up this relationship and the imagery of the end is the glorification of this relationship, the male-female relationship. That's all I'm saying. And of course, yes, it is a metaphor. And yes, it is a symbol. And yes, it is bigger than just the actual physical sexuality of it. I'm not implying that somehow that's the point. I'm just implying that it it feels like that was God's intended design. And it's going to end in God's intended design. That's what it feels like to me when I read. screwed that up, though. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't... because if I remember correctly, I'm, I could be wrong, um, that in Genesis, when he oversees the wedding, okay. you know, between Adam and Eve, then right after that, then they have the fall. And then he starts describing kind of like the brokenness that's going to enter the world. Like, you know, you're going to have, have to bear children right. and – all those kind of things like yeah. that, you know. What I mean, I mean, all those kind of things like that, and I'm thinking in my mind. But like, so the t- at the very beginning, that wasn't a real problem. 
because God was going to create. I mean, he, there was no need. There was. I mean, it seemed that way to me that, like, if that was the case, if like you know, Eve was never intended to bear children and in pain and those kind of things like that, then. I mean, sorry. Oh, <laughs> then, um, you know, it seemed that he was going to continue to go on creating. You know what I mean? Like, so he was going. If you like, they were so they were they were they were lonely again. They needed something. God was there to provide, so he's going to provide them with you know more children or more help to to manage the garden and to not, oversee animals. I'm just I'm just I'm just, just talking about how it starts and how it ends. I, that's that that part of the the, the conservative thing got always ended quickly because I'm like, I don't. I, it doesn't seem to match up with what God was actually doing at the very beginning, and then the story at the end, we're all we're always the bride. I, 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 you, you're pressing my 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 metaphor too far. Okay, <laughs> it's just a metaphor. You brought it up. <laughs> I'm just saying that it starts with the man and woman coming together, and it ends in what Jesus calls the wedding supper of the Lamb. Right, like the idea of of his original intent being perfection being redeemed in some way and i don't know that that to me seems to jive with the overall new testament account and this and the way that jesus and the writers in the new testament articulate what do you think uh, come on man i'm i'm, I'm bolstering your case here yeah, I, I don't know i don't know if you were like i'm, I'm waiting you said you went through a monkey run so no that's my monkey run oh, okay. <laughs> i was waiting I, i'm waiting for the point i'm yeah, like yeah. gonna go so i have to rebuttal it so i'm like that's okay. okay. I'm getting to it. I'm trying to. No, I, I honestly think that's, to me, that has always been the most compelling part about the, the conservative argument. It hasn't been these clobber verses. It's been the arc of the New Testament account. It's the it's where we're going. It's God redeeming everything. Right now. I think that in this, in this, in this, I agree. That leaves a lot of wiggle room, I right. guess, to, to interpretation of how that works out now. I agree. We live in a broken, fallen world. I'm not sure how. I think, I think what you see in the last four discussions is it's very difficult to kind of like figure out how to manage that, right? But what I'm trying to say is we're headed towards something that is redeemed, right? It's am, am, I, restored. I just got a question, but it, it, oh, no, but go ahead, Bueno, go ahead. Oh, boy. No, it was just well, my <laughs> biggest issue or my biggest fear is that we don't consider the the danger in just like making this totally 100% acceptable. It's okay. Let's live like this as if the church isn't supposed to be stopping this from happening in any way. Well, what is the danger? You know? Well, I mean, when Paul speaks about it, it's basically poisoning the rest of the kingdom or the rest of them. You know, like, remove some leaven because a little leaven leavens the whole lump, you know. And doctrine needs to be important. You know, what we believe, what we follow, and what we practice here in our, you know, community is important. It's important. To, and there's always been instructions for the, for the, for the kingdom. So the love thy neighbor unless they're homosexual. Well, I mean, the, the scriptures that even straight up tell you, like, you know, if someone who is named a brother is a sexually moral person, is committing fornication or, you know, these things and, and wants to live like that, basically like accepting that and, and, and indulging in that, don't even eat with that person. But none of us are moral. Yeah, but I, I hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. because I, I, I think this goes, look, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say by articulating that he's right. But I think his point, I think Juan's point has been over and over again. I 
I agree with you. Like, think of all these things that you've listed: sexual immorality. Um, it's not me. I didn't list that. But but um, I mean, uh, any <laughs> least, Jesus. lying, slander. Blah, you can identify why it's the the pragmatic look at it, which is why it's bad in the outworking in the community. And he's asking you a specific question. He's saying, yeah, but tell me why homosexual monogamous relationships are bad. Why is that bad? What's the bad outcome from that? And your answer has always just kind of been, well, God says so. But on the other ones, it's clear. It's like, well, we know why lying has a detrimental effect in the community. We know why adultery does. We know why sexual promiscuity does. We know why uh, gossip does. I mean, to me, it's not just like, you know, it might seem very simple, like, oh, God says so. But it's like, God is really offended by that, you know, that that dishonors him. But that, That's important to me. But that goes yeah, back to know. what we've been saying. So is the clothing yeah. and, 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 and everything else. Those yeah. things offended him too. But we've been free from the law. And that's where we're at. <laughs> we can't tell. I guess the issue comes down to where, what laws, you know, yeah, the, yeah, your question yeah, from yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm saying. But I'm under the new covenant, bro. You keep bringing the old covenant. I don't know what's up. But I, th- I, I think, okay. So let let me let me play devil's advocate. Let's go back to the other side for a second. Let me articulate what I would want Mike to say, which is, hey, we are made in God's image. We are made in God's image, male and female, right? And so when we, um. My worry is for the – I think the conservative side worries and they go, wait a minute, there there is an effect here, right? When we embrace homosexual relationships, what we're really saying is we are not embracing any longer the we, right? We are embracing relationships that have only the one, the one side of things, either the male or the female side of things, and that does not clearly um, – reflect the created order. I agree. Then what we're saying is, does God make mistakes? That sounds good. No, no, no. Wait. I don't think it's more mistakes? simple than the God make mistakes argument. Because it's, because we, once again, if we're, if that's why your illustration is bad because at why, the end, why you keep beating up the illustration? <laughs> because it's you're bad because, because he's hammering. The, at the end, there is going to be no more male. There's not, at the end, there's not going to be a male and female. There's not going to be you know, God's going to give us a new body, a new name, new everything. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, like, if, you're, if it's going to be the question of the bride, the the festival of the lamb or the, the marriage or the, or, the, or the wedding feast of the lamb, then that that time is going to be a time that, you know, is going to be for just it's pouring out. Just like, I mean— like when you you asked yesterday, like you know, what if Christ is coming next Sunday? I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh my God, like I would just pour out like everything at His feet if I could, like just 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 pour it out on there, and that's what it's going to be. I mean, I don't. It doesn't at that point. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever. That my that sacri- that my wedding gift is just going to be just pouring out everything that I have, you know, at His feet. Does that include you know your body? My, <laughs> I don't, body? They, he, he could take this body. His body, his body is broken. Ooh, it's disease. Chocolate diseased. thunder. You know what I mean? It's. I mean, there's so. Like, but in the, like, in, I mean, and, and that's the difference between us and a lot of other religions in that sense too, though. I mean, like, you know, 
everybody's looking for this paradise situation. I'm thinking in my mind, like, I mean, if I could, it's a time where I, like, literally, I don't have anything else to do. I don't have any kids to take care of, no job. Like, literally, I can worship you night and day and just pour out everything for. This paradise for you is to be connected with the Lord. Yeah. And doesn't sin separate us from God? Definitely. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, the question that I think Juan has brought up, and well, I'm trying I'm trying to find an answer to because I don't know, is that is this 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 mindset because it always starts in like what starts in the mind and the heart then you know comes on to the action is that something that will separate us from god right. or separate us from each other I, I mean i mean if you're like that's what i said adultery and fornication all stuff is easy because like even if you're homosexual and you're in a monogamous monogamous relationship but you're sleeping around that's going to affect that other person so as, well you, as, affecting it, the other, as well as affecting the other people that you're sleeping with. So for you, it's only what and how it affects somebody else, not God. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. So is that action, so if, my, if, if me lying to Juan, you know what I mean, is going to cause him to stumble and cause his faith to, you know, into in what we believe to, you know, the, like above Christ's message, then that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Why, why is that a problem? Because then that separates, that helps separate Juan from God. Well, I think with the other aspect, and separate him from me, as from well. you, right, right, from you. He separates. I mean, because then he's then he has you know hate in his heart. Right. You know what I mean? He has anger in his heart. He has all of, like he then you know what I mean he then can't focus on what he's supposed to be focused on because he's too busy worrying about how much he hates me. So are you? Are you? Is your main focus on the relational part? I think it has to be, all of it has to be in, in the only relational part between, like, you know what I mean? I mean? Obviously, like, you know, vertically and horizontally. Because I think that's what Bueno's point is, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the vertical part. Right. That's, that's the main thing. So are we supposed to choose between our compassion towards those people and our faith? Is that like our job? Is no, that in the Bible? I, I think, I think there's a difference. There's a difference between, and I said this a hundred times already. It's like, there's a difference between someone who is identifying that this is an issue, this is a sin, this offends God, because I think we already came to that point. Right. right. We're pretty much there. There's a difference somebody's accepting that, and now they want to change, or like we discussed last week, what are the answers, <laughs> even though there is no plan, as Mike was saying, <laughs> but, you know, that they're willing to go down that route. They're willing to, you know, okay, I got to change, I got to do something. There's a difference from that and somebody who's saying, I want to marry this type of lifestyle. I want to indulge in this. I want to live this way. You know, there's two different things. You know, so we're, it's not like we're not being compassionate towards that. You know, I mean, the one, the person that wants to come to Christ, whether they're a homo, you know, they're a homosexual, they got the attraction, they're dealing with it. We're embracing it. Like, yo, come on, help me. I'll pray with you. I'll give you screw. I mean, what is it? Well, what, what can we do for you? The question you know I mean? then is, we're is, here to serve. The question that we brought up at the beginning was, I mean, I think the the one that you weren't here was that is is Christ going to intercede for that person? And we don't know. Well, okay, or, or so for that couple, how for about that we, family? I mean, I mean, I mean, that's really, I mean, that's that's because right. that's the bottom line of the reason why we believe. So, what if we wrapped it up with this thought? I'd, I'd like to take one shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of, you kind of gave me your version. Let me give you my version mm-hmm. of what I think is going on in a church, our church, many churches, right? And then you, you guys, let me know if you think it's sustainable, right? I think it's not quite like you said. I think it's it's close. So I think that at a at a, at a congregation there are there are thinking believers and there are unmindful believers who are just kind of 
you know, going with the flow. But let's let's kind of fall into the thinking believer category for just a moment. I think that there are thinking believers who are that bend towards a much more um, conservative approach to their understanding of the scripture and their understanding on this issue. And they would say, like you've articulated very well, Mike, they'd say, well, um, homosexuality is a, is a moral issue that was encapsulated in the law, but echoed in the New Testament. And because it's echoed in the New Testament, it's a reminder to the New Testament believer that this is an issue that offends the very nature of God, right, in the heart of God, and we should address it as such, mm. meaning that we should go, hey, doesn't matter if this doesn't hurt anybody else. God created us. He's the designer. This was his design. We have separated ourselves from that design. We need to be accountable for that. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that'd be the conservative approach, right? And then you'd have – and there'd be a bunch of like sections in between. Okay? So bear with <laughs> me. I don't have time for all that. But down to a much more liberal approach who would go, wait a minute. I believe in Christ and um, I see that the – issue of homosexuality was in the law. I think it was a moral issue. I think God did create us and design us male and female with very distinct sexualities to be joined in a fidelity relationship that we call marriage. But we live in a broken world and sin has infested everything. And not only has it infested just the physical realm, but it's infested all the other realms, the emotional realm, the mental realm, everything. And so now people are born, just as people are born with physical disabilities, they're born with sexual brokenness. Like they're born with either a sexual identity crisis, they're born with same-sex attraction, they're born, and, and they'll never, and that'll never be solved this side of heaven, barring a miracle, right? And because of that, that it's the result of sin in the world, not their individual choice for this, encouraging monogamous relationships within homosexuals um, is the best thing that we can do as a New Testament church, right? Now, I agree that both those parties are in vehement disagreement. I agree that the liberals look at the conservatives and they go, you guys are freaking ridiculous and you're, you know, you don't, you're hateful and blah, blah, blah. And the conservatives look at the liberals and go, you, you, do you guys even read the Bible? Like, what are you doing? Right. I get it. I get it. Right. But is that sustainable at a local congregation? Like is, 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 is both is, is saying, is saying to the congregation, we recognize there's going to be a variety of opinions on this one that are going to fall all between those two sections I just listed. Is that really sustainable? No. <laughs> I mean, well, nothing is sustainable. Well, I'm not really liberal, though. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm, not. No. No. I'm really well, not. I kind of want to address something really quick. Okay. Because I, I, you, you kind of like connected there and then you kind of like added to that, too. Right. I think there's a big confusion, right? So, like, you, I guess I'll throw Bain in there because I still don't know where Bain's at. But uh, <laughs> at least between me and Bueno, when we, when, when we have a, and, I, and I, the reason why I want to <laughs> identify is because obviously people are going to listen to this, right? right? And usually when there's an, uh, an opposed view on, let's say, the liberal side, I think the tendency is to believe, like, well, Frankie and Bueno, like, they're not loving. Because they don't, they don't, they don't agree, or they have different views, um, and 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 I've had conversations with with a with someone who kind of uh, made that distinction, like, well, but I thought we're supposed to love, so how can you like not be with that? 
And I think there's a there is a uh, uh, distinguish between like agreeing with someone, right? And so um, I guess what I'm trying to say is because I don't agree with you in the lifestyle that you choose doesn't necessarily mean that we don't love you, right? Like, like it doesn't have to equate love with supporting someone's idea. Okay. 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 And so I just want to, I just want to say that out there because someone's going to listen to this, right? And they might fall maybe to a more liberal side or maybe some, someone who's going to listen to this is going to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm gay. Yeah. They must not like me. Hold on. Yeah. But wouldn't, wouldn't the same also be true of the liberal side? Wouldn't the the liberals be saying, well, yeah, but we're accusing you of being hateful, yeah. right? The liberals are accusing the conservatives of being hateful, but the conservatives are accusing the liberals of being uneducated, spiritual, yeah. non-spiritual, yeah. or unread when it comes to the yeah. scripture, as if like only the conservatives know what the Bible yeah. says, right? Yeah. Though we've spent like yeah. four or five weeks trying to figure that out. Yeah, but doesn't it? But in today's society, right? Like it's normally this, like that's the culture that says, "Oh, if you don't agree with me, then he's hateful. He's a bigot, right?" Mm-hmm. That's at least what I hear. Yeah, but what I hear from a lot of times, what I hear from the conservatives is, if you don't agree with me, you're uneducated. You just don't know better. If you knew the Bible like I knew the Bible, you would agree yeah. with me. And of look, I another mean, I've mean, never heard that at all. <laughs> no. I live in a, I'm saying like when you watch the news or when you watch or when you watch anything. <laughs> have with you the heard church, John MacArthur speak? Yeah. I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you, but he doesn't make the majority of the media or he doesn't make the majority of the culture. I'm just saying, you, you don't <laughs> yeah. think that's the way it comes off? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really. I've seen John MacArthur speak, but I don't really like. Uh, I should have. Can we bleep that later? Because I don't I'd bleep that out. You can't be calling names. Yeah, I just don't want to use the name. I just don't think that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't think so. I never think that either one of you guys are No, hateful. I'm not saying you. But what I do think is this. There are a lot of churches out there that when they look at this and they're addressing homosexual as you're an abomination, you're going to go to hell, that's hateful. Because there's nothing saying that. That's. I'm sorry. That's just. You're saying that that seems hateful. No, it doesn't seem. It is hateful. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that. It is hateful? Yeah, but do you think that I go and say. You're an abomination to okay. God. Look, no, but that, why did that you, like, never why happens. Did you, but why did you that say happens like regularly that? though? Billy Graham. Like, but that's right? what they do. Well, this is the reason. The reason why I bring that up because, and, and honestly, I think I mean, we can all have our view. We can have all our views on it, but it really goes down to what you and probably the elders would go to, right? And maybe there's a segue to oh, this. No, no, and we can edit this out. But right, someone eventually, or probably is, is going to come to this church who might be homosexual, right? I think that's happening. happening okay, bro. let's say, let's say. And they might come across it. They might. Well, that's my point. Well, well, that's my point. That's my point. That's exactly where I'm going at. Because if someone comes here and maybe has a discussion with Bueno, and Bueno maybe not say you're an abomination going to hell, but something whatever Bueno articulates, they might be offended, right? And so uh, obviously, if that's going to be offended, they're going to probably bring it up to possibly you or the elders. And so that's something that's going to be has to be addressed. Like, do you just discipline or do you just? bring something up to when I say, Hey, I heard what you said, or do you, how do you address those things when it comes to the church? Well, that's the practicality. That's really what I'm asking yeah, right? I mean, is like, how do you sustain this? Cause I believe what I believe what's happening at every church, yeah, every single church to some level. Um, but specifically our church is that you have people who fall somewhere in their thinking, whether it's mindful thinking, meaning that they've, they've really read the scripture, they've thought through it, they've had a discussion, they've they've studied, they've read, all that kind of stuff. Or whether they've just gone, look, I love Jesus and I I I listen I, I watch Ellen. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just where I'm at, right? <laughs> wow. And so whether it's mindful Very or mindless, educated. they fall somewhere on the spectrum, right? Between a conservative understanding of this and a liberal understanding of this. That is a, that is present in every church. So how do you navigate moving forward like okay, 
is the idea that we go, well, the, the conservatives should stamp out the liberals or the liberals should stamp out the conservatives or we should figure out how to like hold hands and, and sing kumbaya together, right? Well, I think I think it has to come to an agreement that you don't know because, I mean, that's it comes down to my baseline thing that I brought up at the very beginning of this and come bringing up at the end. The question really is, if we're talking to have a conversation with that person, is we don't know if Christ is going to intercede for them or not. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, that's really that's really what it is. Yeah, but my, you keep saying that. I, I, I don't know what that means. My point. Well, <laughs> my point. Right, so, okay. So all right. So it also in that description of your 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 feast, right? All right. That you <laughs> want to keep talking wedding. about. Not letting this go. This, this wedding this festival. Go. This wedding festival. The Holy Spirit talks is the angry vice mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether Christ is going to, you know. Take, that's why it's the, the sacrifice of the, the lamb, right. the lamb. Okay. Whether he's going to, whether he's sacrificing us and saying, yes, I know, I know Mike. I know Juan. I know Frankie. You know what I mean? I know them. He can tell his father, I know him and covenant us. Yes. And cover us. Right. From oh, the so you're, just, you're basically just saying like, hey, if someone is living out a homosexual lifestyle, does the blood of Jesus get applied? Yeah, because I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that that are believers that really believe in Christ, and you know, they sin. They have some real sins like going on, like you know, that would on be daily, me. on a I mean, a daily basis. It really open today, and, and that's why I said. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like I know one of mine is this pride. Right, like it's it's a real problem for me. Right, like it's am I going to be freed from that before you know this is all over? And like you know, what I mean, is that going to stop you know Christ's blood from covering me? You know what I'm saying? So that that's really the question. And so when we're having a conversation with that person, can we, as a church body, tell that person, well, you know, living this life? Ooh, so let's ask. Let's ask. Well, well, we well, don't, well, that's a very I mean, practical. I don't know the answer. So let me ask I mean, a very so, practical question. You ready? Should a should a should a a homosexual who's in a relationship? Oh man, I don't know if I want to ask this question. This <laughs> is, well, I was gonna have a okay. Go so ahead. should a homosexual in a relationship? Take communion here. Oh man, in a homosexual relationship? Yeah, Mike. That's a yeah. <laughs> I want to make it clear. <laughs> right. They love Jesus and believe in Him wholeheartedly. Nah, man. I see. I have a problem with that. That's your problem with that. That you feel. Well, no, no, no. Hold, feel, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you what do feel. You think? What do you, you think? feel like somebody cannot be homosexual and believe in Christ? I don't think that they can be in a homosexual relationship, embrace that lifestyle. And still say that Christ is their savior and their leader of their life. Your judge is something that you could never understand because you're not going through it. They you didn't can say ask that all that. you want. I'm, they I'm, didn't ask the that. only opinion that I'm trying to exercise is the one that the Bible, the way you see the scripture. Yes, I get it. I get yeah. So, it. It, so if it if it expresses that, then it's it's showing us that okay, this part this person is not a part of the kingdom. If it says that they will not inherit the kingdom, they're not part of the kingdom. You know that what I'm saying? That goes for the voice too. Um. Are, what are we saying? Is it bad? Like, no, we're saying, I'm saying. Why would I agree with that? I, I'm saying. Should they? Should they? Um, I in my opinion, I say no. They shouldn't. Okay, what do you think? Well, they should take communion. I don't. I don't understand the question. I well, mean, I, I, I kind of want to communion I mean, is a practice. I mean, one of the I, ordinances I, of the church. Yes, is you, set aside by Jesus, and there is a bunch of qualifications that come with that through Paul's writing. So the idea that somehow. 
we should be reflective, that we should not take it in jest, that there should be like mindfulness about it, and we should be addressing our issues of repentance. Should but that's what I'm saying. My point is that if I'm homosexual, right? Okay, that for whatever reason I was born, you know, they say I was born this way, or I'm a hermaphrodite, or right. whatever kind of thing like that. <laughs> you like, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Get it? But that's a good <laughs> point. Exactly. You that's know a good point. Like, like, there's... like at that point, can I not at that point be reflective about the sins in my life? Yeah. Can I not reflect on? That's a good point. That's can a I, legitimate I mean, can, point. Can, can I, I not reflect it. on the things it. and be mindful about those things? And like you know that like hey look I have to put this on the altar, you know because I, mean? I think that kind of got I got when I got a little far on like our second little uh, podcast but that might, but <laughs> but seriously I mean that's the thing like you know it, okay it, but hold on hold on, on so altar, let's go back let's question. go back let's go back because you asked a legitimate question and I think you bring up some legitimate stuff Should, so how do we practically work that out so because here's the thing the second we say no to one cent. That I mean, it's like well, I, Katie bar the door for like but who's the, taking communion. Yeah, but the but the issue is, I think that no, but see, and the, <clears throat> no, I'm saying so. Then so so what? So seriously, because the second we say no to that, the only right thing to do is then anybody that's living together outside of marriage can, right? That's correct. I yeah. agree to that. Living, if they're yeah. living in fornication, yeah. is that what you're asking me? If they're no, practicing there's fornication, a, there's a, there's a, that's an issue. Yeah. Right. So, and, and then it's like, okay, what if they've lied or they've gossiped? What if they gossip more than once? <laughs> if they gossip twice? I am not keeping a tally of nobody's junk. What we're saying is, what we're if saying, if you're embracing saying, that and you're living that lifestyle, then we as a church and include you, no pressure. We should be addressing those issues, you know. Even if it is if there's if there's gossip going around in the church and they, and they slandering somebody, that person needs to be addressed. And I'm, no, I, I, I'm not. And I'm saying uh, I'm, I'm saying if someone if someone is gossiping, if, if someone church, I'm saying if someone is a gossiping and finds no fault and no wrong with that, then you should yeah, don't be taking communion if you don't find fault in gossiping. If you don't find if you don't find fault in, in fornication, because there could be people there who says yeah, I believe in Jesus. But we, I sleep around, nope, so they embrace the you. lifestyle, right? Yeah. They embrace the lifestyle. And, I think there's, and, a, the, and that's one of my biggest fears is that right there, what you just said. Because what happens is, is okay, that but hold on, I'm, I'm going to go free. back. We, we can do whatever. Have, we might have to beep this later. Do it. Do we it. Have to beep this. This later. is the last one, right? Yeah, we might have to beep this <laughs> later. <laughs> but let's say, okay, so so any of the guys for the guys in the room, if if you've masturbated in how long, can you take communion? Like like today or wait, 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 hold on. What time was I in the parking lot? So, like, if it's continual, it's continual. You got to find me biblical reference for that. For what? Masturbation. For reservation? Translation. Today. <laughs> you're, like, today. you're like my buddy. He's like my buddy. Yeah, we told him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like my buddy. But uh, so I'm saying that's lust. That had to be that had to be categorized as lust, right? And so. Yeah, but I think that they still, right? I think there's a, there's a difference of knowing that it's incorrect. So I think if like you masturbated and then you said, you know what, I under, I get it and I sinned and there's a repentance part. At least there's an acknowledgement of saying, you know, there's and a difference. And then you did it again. And then you did it again. And again. I know. Again. But what I'm saying is that. Uh, it, it, yeah, but there's a difference between, hey, so I'm stuff. doing it. I, even if you do it all that, even if you do it all the, even if you do it all the time. But what, but what, but, but what if that's the homosexual saying the same thing? What if the homosexual saying, look, I have been born with this attraction. It was no choice of my own. And now I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm living out this relationship, which I know is not God's original design. Right. 
but it's the best I can do now. And I'm, I'll repent. I'll repent every day if you want me to. Yeah, but but you'll repent. Okay, but that, that's the difference, right? That's like it's, it's almost the same thing in the sense of like, I repent in fornication, right? But I'm living with my girlfriend. Like it's bound to happen, right? That's well, not dude, repentance. <laughs> that's what? not repentance. You got to stop taking showers? Like I, I'm not. What? <laughs> what? What is going on? <laughs> we're, you definitely we're, this, is, in. this is different. What are we doing? Well, I, now you just lost. Now I'm just completely lost. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just lost. saying. No rubber duckies. I'm connecting the idea of heterosexual lust versus homosexual. Uh, sexual expression. Well, okay. What I'm saying is that if someone who's homosexual claims to know Jesus, wants to follow, and it can, can still possibly be attracted to the same sex, right? Amen. I think that's the difference between I believe in Jesus, I'm indulging in the sin, and I'm going to be having sex with the same sex person regardless. You're embracing- You don't think a guy who's lusted his whole life is doing the same thing at some level? That's why it's in the heart. That's what I mean. The sin, that sin's in the heart. See, that's where you lose me. You don't think that's the same thing at some level? Like it's the same sin problem, base sin problem at some level? I think there's one part, there's a part of embracing it and just, and and in your own mind, justifying those things. Then to recognize. It's a lot of commitment uh, to marry somebody. That's a lot of involvement there. But like I'm saying. I'm falling into masturbation. Yeah, falling but a lot of who's getting... falling into masturbation? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, but what I'm saying is if, if you're continually going back to a certain type of behavior, whether it be mental lust or lust worked out in self-love, like – Yes. Like – No. <laughs> what? I'm about to say amen over here. I know. But <laughs> like if that's the deal, if, if you've done that over and over and over again your whole life, isn't that at some level uh, – no matter how many times you say, I, I, well, I, apo- I apologize, please forgive me, you're going back and doing the same thing over and over again. At what point is it a little ridiculous? At what point are you, it, your words don't really mean much anymore? Right. Yeah, I just think it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely things that people would struggle with, right? So even if it's a masturbation issue, like that's a thing that you're struggling with, and that's something that has to be... Um, See, my problem is well, what that. What if it's never stamped out? You do 80 years with that junk. Yeah, but that, but that doesn't, it doesn't, it could be a struggle until you're dead, well, until you're dead. Let me, that's let my me, point. right, but that, what if the homosexual says the same thing? All right, guys, let me, let me be very vulnerable here, okay? So, my struggle, I'm going to tell you my struggle. Oh, I really don't want to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's going to say it anyway. Did you hear? Tell you it anyway. Did you hear how he started with like, Hey, I, I want to be so vulnerable. Mike's say, like stepped on, it. Yeah. stepped on. It. I said no. All right, okay. go ahead. I go guess. Ahead. So some nasty junk. I I <laughs> I struggle with like we're supposed to show grace and love and whatever. And you know my mom lives with me, and I have a really hard time wanting to do what I know is right. I do it still, but I struggle every day where I'm like I should want to feel this way. I'm remorseful about it after I feel like I'm like oh this is like troublesome burning whatever i want to call it at that moment i get angry uh you know i let it go and then like not only do i feel bad about like oh my god i gotta deal with this on my own but then i feel bad about feeling bad but at no point i stop i try to i have tried to for nine ten years every day i struggle with this but you at least you you at least realize that it's a struggle i do but that's what mike is saying so if there's a homosexual person that's saying i struggle with this i know that i want to stop i just don't know how to deal with this in this side of earth what is the difference between that and then me? Because they're struggling with but it. But they are too. No, they're not. They're embracing it and marrying it, bro. That's a difference. I don't know, man. It, well, okay. Well, we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. I, I think, think we, I think we got to end it there. I got a question. Oh, wait, yeah. I know, but over yeah. time. But I, I just got a quick oh, question. Yeah. I had a quick question. Keep okay. going. I, the reason I got a question because Bueno wasn't here for that. Bueno, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'm, I want to believe in Jesus. Um, I want to follow what the, you know, what the Bible says, but I have a homosexual tendency or I'm, I'm in, let's just say we're in a monogamous or I'm in a relationship, been together for 20 years. What's your response? Yeah, what would you say? What would you counsel them as a pastor? No, no, no. What would you counsel them? Right? <laughs> what would you just? What would you say? What 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 are they approaching me with? They wanna They wanna accept. They're a bit, they've been in a monogamous uh, homosexual relationship for twenty years. They have kids. They They have kids and everything. They have a family. They have a home, mortgage, the whole deal, and they are whether they're recent converts. They've been converts for a while. They're seeking out counsel Adopting from their spiritual babies. leaders about what to do with their homosexual. Oh, they had they now they're like yeah. almost converting or something. Or, 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 however you want to word it. Let's say they they've been a homosexual relationship for twenty years. They've been a Christian for five. They're thinking this through now and they're they're looking for your counsel on what to do. Oh, they want to stop. <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't want to stop. They've been they've been in a homosexual. They're just saying they what built do we do? A home, they're, bro. They're just saying it's what, a do long we do? what do we do? <laughs> okay, what do we do or what do I do? What do they do? I mean, because because they love this person. They built a life together, a home together, that family together. Mm-hmm. That like they love that. They love their life. They love each other. They're supporting each other. They're living a life together, and they love Christ now. What do they do? They need to stop that, Jim. So, like, no, but okay, but counsel would be like, no, no, sell the house. No, no, but but, I wouldn't stop. What would be okay? So, between your uh, put in your mind that you two are together. Let's say you're just alone, and they're just confessing these things, and they say, "I want to follow the Lord," and whatever, whatever. What would be? that discussion between you and them or what would you yeah what would you counsel what would you say to them i'm finding it hard to, to respond to that because it's like i'm not sure what is their approach you're like are they looking to have me approve of their lifestyle or no they- no they're asking you're saying they're saying you're further along in the faith than i am okay. i've been living as a, in a homosexual relationship for 20 years i love this person that i'm with i love my life my family my the whole thing what do you advise me to do but i love jesus what do you advise me to do unless you're further along in the faith they have to change their life Okay, so Depends. so okay, so so your advice is, hey, you've got to untangle yourself from this lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Once they untangle, uh-huh. second question: mm-hmm. what what am I supposed to do? It's me. I'm coming to you, Mike. What am I supposed to do then? Um, as far as what, like like following am, the law? Am I supposed to be celibate? Oh, that's your question. Like, what's the answer? What's the plan? yeah? Am I supposed to? That's be one, and the other one you guys don't like is like to consider. Oh, consider being um, the opposite sex. Okay, so let's say they've tried. There's no attraction to the opposite sex. So, if they're going to be celibate, are you literally saying like they won't? I'm I'm not trying to be gross. Are you literally saying they're never going to have? They're going to be celibate, celibate. Yeah. Like they're never going to, ever. <laughs> never. So, okay, what, what you're asking me is this. Okay, this is what you're asking me. Should I tell them, okay, go ahead and sin because that's more important for you to... No, I, uh, let, me, let me rephrase. So th- what I told them is I have, a, I have a pastor friend who advises people in that situation. They say, oh, you, you should live a to... celibate life and you should take care of yourself. Oh, take care of yourself. I, can, I don't know. I, personally, I can't get into that. <laughs> that, that type yeah, but that's, the, that's what they're going to ask. They're your friend. They're going to want to know, how do well, I deal okay, with like, this? Okay, let's just say somebody in the church, right? Forget that you're a pastor. Somebody in the church that you recognize as homosexual, right? And then they come up to you and they see that, you know, things you say and they, and they 
figure you out as a spiritually mature person. They say, hey, um, I am homosexual. I'm in a relationship. I want to f- pursue the Lord. I see that in the Bible. It says this, this, and that. Like, what would you advise me to do? Like practically? Yeah. About that lifestyle? And overall. And overall. To me, it's to just... To follow the Lord. Yeah, it's just... Do, what, what would you... Surrender to the Lord. Surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into the Word. Love Him. Be more moral. And for that... And then and then, so for the... For, for the For the sexual part, you would say, stop being in a relationship? Yeah. Would we, like, my thing is this. Are we saying... And they're in a Stop being in a relationship yeah. or stop having sex with the person? There, but... Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, that's a, I mean I, I, Frank uh, doesn't believe that's possible. Again, Dude. it's impossible to be in a relationship and not have sex. Great, <laughs> big freaky. You got one here. I mean, I'm not saying you got to be totally enemies with them. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. My thing was like either my thing was like either you're going to tell them to move out and or stop having sex with the person. Is that possible? I don't know. No. To me, I'm just being honest. Can they be friends after that? That's about as possible as telling them you're never going to have any climax again. Yes. And that's my point. Mike Mike basically passed on that question, which we know is impossible. Uh, Everybody here knows that. (laughs) Yeah. But right, he passed on that question. But then when it comes to this one, he's right. He's right. He's right. Yeah. He's like, he's basically like, you're like, oh, that's impossible that they could live in the same house and not like whatever. But I don't know. Who are we to judge? Yeah. Well, I guess we feel like like we'll keep going. Yeah, it's but that's always basically like it's a never ending circle because we is it for things that we don't know. It's a thing that we don't know if this person that lives this lifestyle, you know, what I mean, no different than if they were addicted to any other sin or anything like that. Right. At the end, because I mean, if we're not because because we we're not looking to the second coming, then. What I mean, what what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? I put it to you this way. There is no way that I am going to support or encourage you to continue in a lifestyle that dishonors God. I just can't do that. So whatever is opposed to that, that's the route I got to go. Okay, hold on. That's my point. That's my point I'm trying to bring because I was really trying to fish it in from a long time ago. So that way he said right there, would we consider that hate? Would you consider that hate? I would consider that ridiculous. I'm saying, Okay. But what would you consider what he said? Because hey, I hey. think the practical outworking of what he says is right. that he's basically saying to another human being, you will never, ever sexually express yourself in, in climax in any way. Because the only other option is masturbation, mm-hmm. which we know is a sin. Is worse. So basically or, you're saying, try like, out the hey, opposite sex. don't do this, mm-hmm. don't do this, and we know you're going to do that. <laughs> That's what we're saying. That's or what we're saying with celibacy. Or the third option, yeah. eunuch. So you're saying, anymore. I would never encourage anybody to live an ungodly life, but we are. Let's cut it off. That's really what's going to happen. Oh. That, that was my point to hold this whole thing was, it was really, out, well, I'm kind of going off the subject, but go ahead. Go ahead. But you know what I'm saying? That, that's really what's going to happen. You're, you're saying I'm not encouraging him to do it, but we know that that is what happens in, in life. We know that's where humanity goes. I always say that. You ever seen, do you guys know what happens in a prison? Mmm. <laughs> They be, you know, the San Quentin. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. Feel I'm my shame. I'm just saying, we we know, right, that there's going to be some sort of sexual expression in, in life. The, that God just made us this way. And so to counsel somebody else, like, we want you to choose celibacy, and then we believe that route can can and, and, and is potentially possible that you can do that without any 
uh, sexual expression. I mean, this is look. I don't. We have to bleep this too. But this is the exact <laughs> problem that we see in our faith on the other side of Protestantism. This is what we see in Catholicism, right? This is the problem, right? Is you see this. Again, I know you said it. I'm going back again because I just, I really, I don't know if I got the clear, the clear answer. So if Bueno says what he just said to someone who's homosexual and they are offended by the way he said it, he didn't say they're going to hell, but what he just said, they get offended and they come to you and they said, well, I talked to Bueno. He told me whatever Bueno just said, and I'm extremely offended. What is your response to that? Oh, because I'm but, not sure what Bueno said. You're saying bueno your said they need to stop just be that. celibate. Well. Listen, I'm sorry, but I've gone through that. I've talked to people where they've like told me that they're homosexual or whatever, and I've told them, I was like, it's not biblically correct pretty much down the line to what Bueno says, but, you know, when are you coming to church? Yeah, but I think what I'm, what I'm trying to go at is here in the church, right? I mean, let's look at our church. You know, we, we look at Mike, obviously. A lot of people look at Mike as that pastor's a likable guy. And so there is a leadership role that he plays here. I know there's a difference between when we say certain things, but when it comes to a leadership, especially here in the church that is looked as the leader, there, it's, again, inevitable that it will happen where someone like Bueno, well, they'll talk to Bueno and they will be like, what he just said, people will be offended. Maybe not everybody. I'm but okay with will. that. No, just, no, no, no. no. But my, just my, like, point, my point is not who's going to be offended. My point is, Frank. what do we do as, as the pastor of the church? How do you address someone who goes, he offended me. He said this and that. They're gonna be offended. Frankie, people get offended every week. Over I understand the offense. The subject is not the offensive part. My my, what I'm asking is, what does Mike do as the leader of the church? Because there's a difference between if we say something, but as the leader of this church, he comes and goes. I was offended by this guy because he told me such and such and such and whatever. Well, well what, what what does what does Mike or the elders address? Well, do they what, address Bueno or do they address them or they address the views of what the church is? No, no, no. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a fair question. I can answer that. It's getting to it. You can answer it? Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. I can make you pass. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pastor Juan. From here on out, we'll decide if we'll, if we'll pass it along to Juan all those problems. I can so answer. be very careful. Juan's the new counselor. Be careful about I you. was here okay. for uh, for uh, initiation night when you were like making people membership night, right? right, right. And one of the things that Mike said <laughs> was... <laughs> what goes initiation. <laughs> so one, of the, one of the things that Mike did say was, I'm not here to keep everybody, okay? Uh, and then another thing that he did say was, we need to agree on the core values of the of of the Bible of what of what the teachings of Jesus are. Outside of that, we could have differences of opinions, and that's okay. That goes for speaking in tongues, yeah. uh, all, all that stuff. But so why saying, can't why can't that fall on? But the what I'm saying is, how does Mike address that? Does he address, Except, does he address Bueno and said, "Hey, he doesn't have to address anybody." Uh, I, I think he does. No, well, I, I the honest God truth, I'm I'm extremely surprised, but I think Juan's actually. That is exactly what I do. That's what I was going to say. Usually, my practical answer yeah. is something like that. It's like, because uh, uh, this is not hypothetical, this is an actual thing okay. that has happened a number of times. And usually. By I, me? I, no, not by you. I'm saying I have a homosexual come to me and says, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. usually it, it's something like, my dad's a Christian and he's telling me I'm going to hell, blah, 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 blah. Um, but usually what ends up happening in those scenarios is I go, hey, let's walk through what we know, what we know from Scripture, right? Which includes that God's original design, it includes sin, it includes the results of sin, it includes the brokenness of sin, it includes everything, right? And then um, 
we talk through the issues. Uh, it, this, this is something that takes place over time. Usually it takes place over weeks. Uh, but we talk through the issues of relationship, over connection, over life, over sexual expression, a bunch of the issues. And I say, look, you don't answer to me. And you don't answer to, like, the church. And you don't answer to the Pope. Uh, you answer to Jesus, right? And so I need you to, like, I can counsel you. I can navigate you on this. We can talk through. We can bounce each other, you know, bounce things off each other when it comes to what the Scripture teaches on this. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to make your decision on what you think, how you're going to manage this, right? Because I think that it's a little, it's a little muddier than just celibacy because I think that with – celibacy, that counsel always includes somehow some lesser category of sin. At the end of the day, it's what we're really saying. We're really saying, hey, anything to avoid the homosexual life, let's just, you know, pick this other lifestyle that is also a sin problem. So is that pretty much our only two options? It could get sticky. It's either you Maybe a practical other one. No, what I'm saying is it's either you continue in the homosexuality or you stop, right? But, but I think that what, I'm, what I've said from the beginning is, and nobody here is disagree with it because they know it's true, is that stopping and living a celibate life also includes a continuation of a lust problem and typically the outworking of self-gratification when it comes to their sexual expression. Which So we're basically saying, hey, we're not going to say it out loud, but that's a problem too. And usually the person, if they have any guts at all and think through it, they ask me that. They're like, so wait a minute. Are, literally, I've had that asked to me. Like, literally, I'm not making this up for this. They've literally gone, so you're telling me I've got to take care of myself for the rest of my life. And I'm like, uh, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure that's so you, the biblical answer. So if, so, so if someone comes up to you, I guess it's still, I don't, I mean, I'm slow. So if somebody still comes up to you and says, I'm offended by what, what Bueno says, you, that's the answer you give them. You say, well, you're going to have to, basically what you just summed up and said, right? Yeah. Do you, but what I'm saying, do you tell? Do you? We start do, over. Do you tell one? Do you like? Would you say? Oh, this guy got offended. No. What did you say or whatever? No. Or do you tell the Not other person? All. Do you tell the other person like, well, listen, we're gonna have different views here, oh, so that's yeah. gonna happen. Oh, okay. That's what I'm oh, trying to get absolutely. down to. I say, I say to people, not just on that issue. Well, no, but this I is what say I'm to people all the time. Like people come up to me all the time. They're like, I'm in a small group with so and so, and they said this and blah blah blah. And I'm like, get used to it. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy people. Here. You know what I'm saying? But I, 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 like I one. say that in jest, just to say, look. You know, Especially Juan. Part of being, uh, part of be, I, I, the funny thing is, I usually do address this in membership class because I say, hey, there's a difference between unity and uniformity, right? And I say, the goal of the Vine Church is not to be uniform, which means you all think like me, exactly. or you all think like Mike, or you all think like Juan, right? The goal is that we walk together in diversity of thinking to some extent, right? We agree on the foundational issues, we disagree on the non foundational issues, and we walk in unity. And that means holding hands with people and walking in step with people that you may or may not think like or agree on every issue, whether it be uh, consumption of alcohol or a celebration of Halloween or sexuality or uh, miraculous gifts or the end times or the role of women in the church or the length of hair, whether it be shoulder length or below, which seemed like he was skating on that one. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know what I mean? So like that's – that. my answer is – I don't spend much time going, oh, let's talk about what Mike said to you or what you know, Andrew said to you. I say, hey, let's start over. Let's look at the scripture together. Let's think this through. What can be done here? Um, what do you want to do with your life? You know, um, And that's a complicated – that's a very complicated process. And to be very honest with you, I'm not sure 
that I tell them from the beginning, I'm not sure I'm qualified to give you an answer on all of this. I said, because I feel like my answers to some extent are going to p- point you down a road that, look, guys, think about that. Think about the burden of this for a second, because you guys think about it hypothetically. I think I live it every day, right? So if, if somebody comes to me and they, they go through that same scenario, and this is a reality check for me in the room too. I have brothers that are in ministry that this has happened and they go, Hey, they take a conservative route and they go, Hey, you got to set this site, untangle this, walk away from this lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. They try and then they can't and they're absolutely depressed. They commit suicide. Yeah. Like we in part, I'm not kidding you this. This is not a joke. We carry a liability insurance for pretty much that reason mm. at the church because like what I say as a religious leader to a congregant has to be very delicate, right? Because if what I say leads to a deeper level of depression or a deeper, you know, um, manic expression, like it could be real trouble. And, and, think of, and let me add one more thing. Most of the time, here's the other thing. Most of the time, these conversations, you know what the, who they're being had with? Students. You know why? Because that's when they're coming into their sexuality, right? And so all of a sudden, you've got like a 16, a 17, an 18, a 19-year-old who's trying to navigate this, and there's a lot of emotion going on, and they don't always think clearly, and they react very like quickly. And the last thing you want to do is create a scenario where they think it's either God or their sexuality, and next thing you know, they're on top of a building. I mean, it's like that's the last thing you want. Because it popped up on my daily verse for the day. Is Romans thirteen ten? Yeah, <laughs> love does no harm to it's like to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Right. So we should end with that. Okay. Hey, Amen. I love you too, man. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because it was more on the practical. Yeah. Two issues come together, and you know, really scary stuff though. How to how to navigate this from counseling? It's a good today. segue for the you know the next one. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I'm not even going to say what's coming next because uh, we've got a couple irons in the fire. We don't know what's fully coming next. But as for our discussions, Juan, Andrew, Frank, Mike, me discussing how like a congregation of people manage this in a practical way, I think we can safely say that we've done this justice, like that we've walked through this. We We've exposed the complications, the problems, the difficulties uh, on both sides. And we, we've done it in a way that um, wants to honor Christ in the Scripture and wants to live out our faith. And so I think without a doubt we've navigated that. I don't know if we've come to any like life-changing conclusions, but I know that we have articulated well the issue that is at play and the problem that exists surrounding this issue in a local church. And so uh, we've got a couple more installations on this that we want to add in, but these guys, I think we've reached the end of what we can at least talk about and then not have to like fully edit in some way. (laughs) Anything beyond this feels like it's going to take a lot more editing. Yes. So, okay. So guys, I just want to say thank you. You guys have been tremendous. Thank you for donating the time. Thank you for navigating this with me. And Thank you for being the Vine Church that tries to figure this thing out. All right? Love you guys. Peace. All right. Yeah.